This is a treat. I am so happy to be here, and I'm even more happy that one of my favorite couples here at Heritage of Faith is here with us. Kevin and Penny Joy, how are you two? We're great. Doing fun. Thank you. Great. Doing good? Happy yes, to be definitely, here. Happy to see excited. you. Definitely excited. Excited. Hannah and I have Hannah. been planning Yay. this since we knew it was coming. We're like, yeah, we're so excited we're like, to hear all us the up details. For this one. Yes. Um, let's just start. Give people who don't know you, which I think is rare. I think you guys are one of the, like that kind of know everybody in the church. Kind of one of those people that the sleeper couples <laughs> that everyone kind of knows differently. Like and, I know them through them, and then you know them yes, through them. Yes. Like oh, the joys. Yeah, so, of course. We, yes. Like you guys kind of have your your hand in a lot of different you know bowls here at at Heritage. So give us a little quick. That's because we started on the greeters and then we moved to the welcome team, so we see everybody come in the door. So you're saying oh. a serving heart is what we you're saying? Is that what I hear? Absolutely. And I was telling Dan before you guys got here, what joy just comes out of your presence? And I was like, man, I just keep sensing joy from them. He's like, Hannah, that's their last name. And I was like, yes, but I just sense it. Like they're just. You can't get so it wrong. when we first started, when we first started here, so we started on the greeter team and I stood at the door and I opened the door with one arm and put the other one out. As you know, I'm a hugger. So I'm a hugger too. Everybody got a hug, whether they liked it or not yes. on the way in. Some of them would go in the other door so they didn't have to hug <laughs> Like, please, no, ma'am. <laughs> but that's how we got to know who people were. And they like they got to know us. So that's how we that. started. And so where are you guys? You're a Thrive Group leaders, if I'm not mistaken, yes. correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you guys serve on like, I think, 27 or 28 different 29. teams. We're up to 32. Nice. <gasps> nice. All of them, no. I think. <laughs> no. Like, what else? Oh, like, like, where, where does that come from for you guys specifically, that, that, that desire to be in these groups, to be on these teams, to serve? I, I think when I, when I bowed my knee to the Lord, it was my desire to serve. I mean, that's take back give back to the community that I used to steal from and take from and not respect. So it's just, uh, for me, it's about making up lost ground. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I spend a lot of time running. And so I like just serving. It it feeds me. So I enjoy it. It blesses me. And I know it blesses Penny. I'm a people person. So I, yes. I'm, I like people. Same. So it's easy. It's easier for me. Well, and you guys are similar. Like my wife and I, we serve together. Mm-hmm. We we like serving together. And you guys are always, what I love about you guys and my wife and I, she was here, she would say it, is because you're always together. It's never an individual. And there's nothing wrong with that if someone serves. But it, like you guys are one of the few p- couples that we see that are always serving together as a couple, which I think is just an amazing example for people. Well, I think that's our our mission in life is to be together and serve and serve God because that's, that's where, that's how God brought us together. She always asked me if I'm willing to go someplace with her. I said, I go with, go he with does, you anywhere. Tells me. I just go anywhere with her. I don't care. Oh, I'll go, go anywhere, anywhere, anywhere with you. Anywhere with Yay. her. Yay. I love I mean, how could you so, not love the person like that? That's right. You want to go? This, do you want to go to the grocery store? I Certainly. love to go. To the grocery oh, I, store. oh, I love that. Certainly. Most I'm, men are like, I'm no learning, way. Yep. Learning how to say it that way, it's, <laughs> without <laughs> and, the sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> and right. so you all mm. met bowling. Tell us more about that. <laughs> I've been a bowler since I was, gosh, probably thirteen. I started bowling with my my stepdad, and I've bowled ever since. But we met at West Creek Bowl, West Creek Lanes, back in 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. And uh, I was bowling on a different team, and he was bowling. He bowled on a different team, but we bowled on the same league. Okay. And it was a Thursday night, 
and she's just as pretty today oh, as she was way back then. Love all the heart. Um, it's a when I met her, I, she was she came up and said hi. I thought she was really sweet, and she had a great personality, and that was all it. That was it. He <laughs> so was scared. I was <laughs> he was. I was in a I was in a relationship, and she was married, so it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we so, hung out in the bar. You know, that's what we did. We hung out in the bar after bowling and and just because we hung out in the bar, you know, I was over here with my friends and he was over there playing the video game at the bar slinging monkeys or something. I don't know. <laughs> monkey slinger. Not the vibe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so he was always by himself and I was always over here because yeah, I'm socialized, you know, so I'm always here with these, this group. And um, so one day I just went over and started talking to him and I said, Kevin, you know, you know, what's that? Why don't you come over here with us and hang out with us? I just want to play my game and I'm going to go home soon. And uh, so I said, you know, I think, I think you're a really great guy. And I really think that, uh, you know, you're really good looking. And I, I think that you would make a great husband for somebody. And he said, well, I've already tried. I was married once. I married Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Well, it felt like it at the time. She was kind of. I cast no judgment. She was. She was. (laughs) And she was up and down. I was emotional mood swings. So it didn't. We didn't click very well. I was. We dated great, but the day we got married, it was. It was clearly um, an issue. So I'd call my dad and say, "Hey, Dad, um, having some problems over here. What do you? What do do I need to do?" He goes, "Well, son, you just got to (laughs) compromise." So after a year and a half of that, I call. I said, "Dad, I've been compromising a lot." And he goes, well, you might want to think about cutting your losses. It was real toxic. So, <laughs> so that I mean, great advice. To, yeah. So <laughs> solid, solid cut advice. So they, my parents were married. My adoptive parents were married for fifty three years before he passed. So, you know, the, the I knew that he was solid in in the commitment, and he was married all those years. So what I was hearing from him was good stuff. So I, I followed that and it was, you know, no divorce is easy and it hurts a lot of people. A lot of lives are impacted, but you know, got through it and moved to Texas and that's where I ended up. That's how we met. So we, we met at the center anyway, you know, God has a divine appointment and that was the first divine appointment that we had together. And so there've been so many along the way. And so that started in 2003, 2004. Yeah. And I was living a, a pretty different lifestyle then. I was um, wrapped up in a lot of stuff, pre-conversion stuff that um, you, know, you go through the the ditch, the pit, whatever you want to call it. And you know, I was living an alternative lifestyle of 19 years. It was a, it was a, I just believed the lie. I'd I'd gone through a lot of abuse as a kid and stuff, and I had been um, hurt in the church a little bit, molested in the church. I know that's not, not any reflection on the church in a whole, but that's where it seemed to be where the damage was. And so after my failed marriage, I, I ended up in a bar that I thought was a, a regular bar, but turned out to be a gay bar. And there was something in my head that said, this is who you are. Wow. And so once I believed that lie, I met that person that night, and I stayed with him for 19 years, and it was a, a life of hell. Mm-hmm. It was a total. Mm-hmm. So when she met me, she knew who I was and what I was, what lifestyle I was in. I didn't keep it a secret. Um, so No, it wasn't a secret. But but in that moment, um, you know, the, the spirit knows. 
even though he wasn't saved, I was saved doing all the wrong things, you know, over in the weeds, but, hmm. um, you know, the spirit knows. And so it's just like my heart just kept pulling. And I said, you know what, Kevin, I, you know, if you weren't gay and I wasn't married, I'd marry you. And so he's like, okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> For everyone listening, it makes the, makes the flirty banner sound a lot better when you know the context <laughs> like, of the situation. <laughs> but it wasn't, I, ju- you know, yeah. his penny being a little, you yeah. know. A little yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's married. And she's I'm married, yeah. And anyway, so yeah, but that's how we met. And then, then God really started moving in his life. About 1997, I, I, was, I was an alcoholic. I, I was done with cocaine. I beat that when I was 26 years old, but then the alcohol came and the Navy told me if I was a, a functional alcoholic, you know, I didn't have any issues with uh, no alcohol-related incidents, as they called it, then I'm okay to drink, and I did it with purpose, and I was a very good functional alcoholic. So I was at that point at 44 years old with a pyramid of cans, you know, and on the, on the coffee table, my, I don't want to call him my partner because he, I don't even know how to say it, you know, because it's so different. Um, but your he roommate, was in, yeah, my roommate, yeah, my roommate. He was in his side of the house and doing his thing, smoking pot and on the computer, and I was trying to watch TV. And I'd drink fourteen of those twenty-two ounce Bud ices a night. I'd get off work, uh, pick up on in uh, Lake Worth, and I'd have two of them down before I got to Springtown. And I'd do the same thing over and over again. And one day, I just said, "God, have you forgotten about me?" Because people used to come in and and witness and stuff to me at, at work and and so it was it was a rough time. It was like oh everything was going bad. Uh, the person I was with uh, got got HIV and he went blind and he hmm. was um, had some strokes stuff like that. So he became I became his caretaker along with his mom. So we're living out in Springtown next to his parents' house in a trailer and. Uh, so when I asked that question, I made a New Year's resolution that I've never been successful at, so I don't know why I made it. And I said, I'm going to go to church this year. And it was 1997. And so December 17th of 1997, I finally went to church before it turned 2008. And I started going, I really felt like I was going to burn going in there. I was like, they're going <laughs> to hate me. So I walked in, you know, with all the shame, all the pain. You know who you are. You know the stuff that you've, you've done. And you know, you know, I... The devil's really good about replaying the videotapes in your head. So I'm sitting there thinking, if I, I'm going to burn walking into this church. And there was this old lady that gave me a hug, and she said, welcome. And I, I spent probably about two months in the back row trying to – I had every exit mapped out so I could run when it got a little weird. And, and I did. A few times I ran out of that church. But then after two months, I – my legs were deceiving me, and I was walking down the aisle, and I was bowing my knee to the Lord. Oh, and, praise God. So, and I love how you were saying, the, am I saying this correctly? You said the Lord kept searching you out. Yeah. People would come into your mm-hmm. life and yeah. pray for you. And yeah. get what are some instances of that, like at a checkout, at yeah. Starbucks? Well, Where were the, you? I, I worked as a 7-Eleven man, manager during that time, so I'd have people come to the store all the time and talk about God. and. You know, I'd say, oh, yeah, 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 yep, <laughs> whatever, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, that constant yeah. planting well, of that seed. Yeah, and, and so one of them in came in several years later, and I said, I just want you to know what you said to me stuck, and I told him what I was doing, and it just fed him. So I'm still friends with him on Facebook. That's amazing. So, yeah, just really cool stuff. So coming out of all that and um, just learning to trust 
people, you know, living in foster care, stuff like that. I never really grew to really have solid relationships. They're all surface relationships. I didn't know, no idea what love was. I had no idea how to trust anyone. So when I was, um, when I was trying to work things out, I'd, I'd had just a lot of failed relationships just because I didn't know how to love. So when God started working on me and I started getting connected with people that this inner healing vein of ministry and deliverance type stuff. And um, I didn't want to receive that the first year. I was like, you guys are whacking crazy. The first time I went to a, a, a Bible study, they said, oh, come, come to this Bible study. And I was just trying to go anywhere to stay sober. That was yeah. a Tuesday night. You just need to stay so sober Tuesday night. So I went to this Bible study and it was, uh, I walked in and they were like doing hakata hakata, talking in different language. And the song was about the, a Honda. Yeah, so it was a key to my Honda, a key to my Kia. A key to my Honda, you know, a key to just, my Kia. And I'm looking around, I'm like, this is not like the Presbyterian church I was used to. So, and uh, one was delivering this guy from something, and someone was healing someone of a brain tumor. And I just sat on a couch and just stared. And I left. I never went back. And there, this old lady, she was after me. She goes, "Are you going to come to the Bible study again?" Oh, I'm like, praise God for yeah, that I'm lady. really busy. I even had the pastor of our church start a men's group on Tuesday night, so I wouldn't have to lie to the lady anymore. And of course, it wasn't anointed. So I ended up, you know, the, the, one of the first times God ever ever audibly spoke to me was during that time. He just kept saying, "Go to the secret place." It was called a se the secret place ministry. So. After weeks, that's all I heard in my head was go to the secret place, 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 go to the secret place. And I finally just screamed okay, out, right. okay. And I went back and I knocked on the door and the lady answered and she said, oh, praise God. And I said, oh, praise God. Hell, I'm trying to stop these voices in my head. And I sat down on the couch and it started everything. That's where I started um, just really hearing from the Lord trying to learn how to trust people. And then after a year, I went to this ministry and um, I dealt with the root spirits in the Bible, like spirit of fear, spirit of uh, whoredom idolatry, spirit of perverseness, spirit, all these things. Oh, so, And I'm in this seminar and this lady comes up and you, you know you mark off all your little things that you got going on in your generational bloodline. I'm like, this stuff is kind of out there. And it came to the spirit of perverseness. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I was in this, this seminar and I... Under perverseness, it says homosexuality is one of the fruits of, of the spirit of perverseness. I'm looking at it, and I did not want to admit. Mm. And I, so I had to go to—we went, went to lunch, and I was sitting at a Whataburger crying because I didn't know if I could checkmark that thing. And, and um, I really believe if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here today. I would have died. Mm. And so I got the—and I—, and I checked it and there's this lady that came up during that and she goes can i pray for you and she came against that spirit of perverseness and it left me mm. i felt it immediately i was Praise on the God. floor i think i sucked about 10 10 pounds of carpet fiber that day but <laughs> it was just an incredible thing and I, I just told everyone that i had been changed at a cellular level and i understood what new creation is yes. and so that's been my whole walk ever since as i understand and i know what new creation is before i always guessed what it was but i know yeah, it's where you have to go through it, you walk right, through it, you experience right, it for right, yourself. Right. That's and so, amazing. And it's it's really cool because that's my foundation. That's what I operate on. That's what we operate on mm. as a couple. We know the miracles of God. And we Amen. know the, just that he loves us the way he loves us is incredible. And if he loves me the way he loves me, then there's a lot of people missing out. Yes, and what an yeah. incredible story of restoration yeah. you, that you can reach the rest of the world yeah. with. Yeah. 
Yep, yep. I'm excited to hear more, but I would love to hear more from your beautiful wife and a little bit about <laughs> your story. Well, so that was 08, 08, 09, 10. My marriage was on the rocks. Um, my husband was sick. He had uh, esophageal cancer, which was a really bad, bad stuff. Had, he went through surgery and... Um, but I had I'd stopped, you know, I'd gotten out of the weeds, back up on the on the road going the way I was supposed to go. And, you know, I'm repenting and starting to, to pray again and listening to Joyce Meyer. Her Battlefield of the Mind books are amazing. I, know, right? I recommend them to and everybody. And so in that, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, that makes, that makes perfect sense, you know. And, and so I had some people at work that were a couple of girls at work that have been my friends for many years that prayed with me and they prayed with me at lunch and they would pray with me. So going through some struggles I had, my both of my kids had addictions and um, uh, bad things that I never thought would ever happen to them. And, the, you know, you just don't want that for your adult children. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of stuff, a lot of hurt and pain was going on there. And so 2010, he... Um, about 2009, my best friend moved in with me, and um, so I thought it was a blessing in, in disguise because I needed somebody while I went to work. Somebody was home because after his surgery, his blood sugar would crash. It would just crash. I mean, just from the chemo, all of the all the medicines and the uh, radiation and everything, everything they took out, his blood, he just couldn't regulate his blood sugar. I'd come home and be seizing. Mm. And... Um, so I thought, well, okay, well, you know, she's here. At least she can look in on him during the day. Well, what do you want me to do? Just look in on him. That's all, all I need to do. And so that went on until about 2012, July of 2012. Well, I found out that they were having an affair. And she was my best friend of 40 years. I mean, we raised our kids together. We, um, we were high school friends. We, every picture I have of every holiday She's there. Uh, she's in every one of those pictures. And um, so that was like, you know, when they left that day, it was it was a Saturday in July. And when they left, um, it was like the, when they drove out of the driveway, it was like the plane crashed and the whole family was on it. Nobody called. I mean, they, they absolutely walked out of my life and never walked back in. And um, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm looking out the door And I take a deep breath, and I'm like, and all of a sudden, this peace just came over me. You know, I've lost my husband, and I lost my best friend, and and the family is all gone, because he had a large family, and then did a lot of family stuff. So, embedded in this family for about 20 years. And, uh, but I had peace, and and I I didn't really understand that really well. But I started to, I had a lot of prayer. At work, I started listening to a lot of uh, Robert Morris and Todd White and some some new people. You know, a lot of a lot of Joyce Meyer. You know, she real, she just spoke to me about all the stuff that she went through and how. I mean, she just had real life situations in yeah, most of her ministry. So, and that's I felt like you know there was a kind of a kindred spirit there. So uh, I started seeking. And but like I said, I had a lot of peace. Well, Kevin and I hadn't spoke to each other for about 
three years, probably. Three years, I think. Yeah. I had no idea that he had gone and got saved and all of that. And I, I knew that his that the roommate had passed away, and but I didn't know anything else. So October comes along, and he he calls me. This is October two thousand and twelve, and I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. Um, you know, I'm kind of digging my heels in. I'm not going to give up this house, and I'm not going to do this. And so anyway, I didn't really. Nothing in the divorce moved very fast because I was just like, I just sat there and I didn't demand anything. I didn't, you know, I just sat there and let the Lord talk to me and heal me because yes. uh, that was my second failed marriage. So I was like, man, I really didn't want that. I didn't ever want to get divorced and um, never thought I would. <clears throat> but anyway, Kevin called. Out of the blue, um, and said, "Oh, I was going through my phone, and I saw your number, and I thought I'd give you a call." Oh, I was like, "Well, <laughs> hey, what's going on with you?" And he said, "Well, you know, I'm working at Seven Eleven. I'm just trying to get somebody to come in for the to work, and I saw your number, and I was like, well, great." So he said, "Well, how are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm fine now." He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well." The plane crashed and everybody, the whole family was on it. And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, they left. He said, really, they left? I said, yeah, they left together. Oh, so you were in the house by yourself? I said, yes, I am. And he says, well, how are you doing? I said, I'm okay, I guess. I, I feel like I'm okay. And I said, so what are you doing? He says, well, I'm a pastor at the secret place in Springtown. I said, you're what? <laughs> you're a pastor? What do you, what, what do you, <clears throat> you're a what? Yes. He goes, yeah, I'm a pastor at Secret Place. I said, what is Secret Place? He says, it's a recovery ministry in, in Springtown. And it was like, I knew that moment. Oh. I knew. Second divine appointment. Yes. So he said, so, um, yeah, it's recovery ministry for drug and alcohol abuse. And it's, I said, so what do you do? He goes, well, we just love... We love people back to life. Amen. That's the key to it all, yeah. love. And I said, oh, my gosh, you're kidding. And he said, so how's your kids? I said, well, my son's deep in addiction, and it's opiates, and it's bad, and he's been in jail, and he's been in trouble, and it's it's real bad. And uh, he says, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, he's got that, I'm sorry. You know, I'll pray for him, and we'll just believe that God's going to, you know, get I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. He says, oh, well, I got to go. I'll check back with you. So from that time forward, we talked to each other about every two or three weeks. So January rolled around. And so we were talking about after Christmas. And he says, well, I, I'm still, you know, how's your son doing? I said, it's really bad. It's real bad. I think he's overdosed twice. And um, I'm afraid he's going to die. And um, he says, well, I have a bed. And uh, I'll keep it open for a couple more weeks and uh, you just talk to him and I'll start praying. And so we prayed mm -hmm. at that moment that God would box him in. That my son would cry out. Mm -hmm. February the 15th, my son cried out and said he wanted to go. So I picked him up and I drove him out there. Kevin comes walking out from these two houses. It's a little, it's a five acre little farm. So he comes walking out and he has this great big old long, uh, thermometer in his hand where he's standing on top of a compost pile checking the temperature of his compost. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta grow vegetables. <laughs> and Tommy gets out of the car 
And I said, this is Tommy. I said, this is Kevin. He goes, well, hey, man, come on in. Puts his hand on his shoulder, and he gives me a hug, and I have my granddaughter with me. And uh, so he goes, come on, let's go over here and let's talk. And uh, we went over to the to the women's house because there was way more men than there were women, and it was quieter over in the women's house than there was in the men's. And and he says, so come on, let's talk. And so he sat down, and he says, okay, man, so come on, are you done? Are you done? And Tommy says, I'm done. He says, so what's been going on? And Tommy took off his jacket, rolled up his sleeves, and showed me the tracks where he'd been shooting heroin. I didn't know. I was broken. My worst fear. Nobody recovers from heroin. But God. Amen. They loved him back to life. It took eight days for him to get all of that out of the system. He stayed up for eight days. And <laughs> thought he was going to die. Yeah. He says, if he's going to call you, he says, don't come get him. I don't come get him. And I knew when I left that he was going to be okay. And he was, by the grace of God, God. and by divine appointments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and that love. Yeah. So I would go out there every other weekend and take my granddaughter, Tommy's little girl, and She'd never seen him sober, and so I would go out there every other weekend. And so <clears throat> the um, saying is, if you ha- hang around the uh, barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. So I started hanging around the barbershop, well, the ministry. And so I started getting involved. And so uh, about the middle of March, Tommy was going to go to a seminar, and um, he was— he was going to, um, he said, why don't you come and support Tommy? And it was the same type of seminar that yeah, where that he, to, yeah. you know, he bowed his knee. Now, I was already, I mean, I was saved. Been in, you know, I'd repented about stuff and had been praying, but I had no idea about deliverance and inner healing. I had no idea. So he goes, you know, I think it'd be really good if you come and support your son. I'm like, okay, sure, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, I was shaken at my core. I had no idea. I had no idea what God had for me. I was healed. I was healed of so many things. I could see so many things, so much generational stuff that happened in my family through drug abuse, divorce, alcoholism, uh, incest, all, all kinds of, you know, generational stuff that had been going on through my family. And all of that was spoken about in this seminar and how you can be healed from all of that. And that's how, that's how we... And you're like, those generational things stop here. Yes. Amen. Yeah, amen. So, and it did. And so they were very interested and I kept telling them and it was like every weekend it was something, okay, what happened this weekend and what happened next time that you went out there and all this. And so that's how I got involved with the ministry. And nine months later, Tommy leaves. Uh, he almost graduates out. He's two weeks shy of graduating out. Two weeks before his graduation. So, But I stayed, I stayed in, engaged and I, I started uh, serving, <laughs> serving. Imagine that. <laughs> so I started doing music. They asked me to do music, and I started doing music for the seminars, and that's how 
and I've been ever since. We've been ever since. And so during that time, that was 13, 14, uh, things started happening with Kevin at the ministry, and God started transitioning things, and he was uh, transitioning him out of that ministry. So January 2015, he leaves the ministry and uh, goes and gets a job. I'd quit my 7-Eleven job to work full-time ministry, so I was mm. living by faith. Yes. And um, so it turned out just, you know, you get hurt in ministry. There's things that go on in leadership and decisions made. And so I ended up one day with a apron on and a, and a hat and some gloves, and I'm looking at three vats of chicken grease and so some raw chicken, and I'm crying. And I'm like, God, I'm a pastor. What am I doing here? And I just... I, I was crying. I was done. And he's like, I just kept asking him. And finally, he just said, Kevin, bless the chicken. And that's what I did. I started blessing the food that the people were eating. And I started praying over the customers that came in. And I pray for the, the, the fruitfulness of the business. And, you know, that place got so busy. And the people were coming up and taking a bite of the chicken and asking, asking what I did differently. And I said, I just pray over the food. People cussed at me for praying over the food because they'd have to work harder, or some people liked that I prayed over the food. But I saw the evidence of the blessing and not cursing and what I, what the power of our tongue has, and it humbled me. And it was just, by the time it was all over with, I didn't care if I was the janitor in heaven. I just wanted to be there. You know, I just wanted to be with God. I was yes. like, you know, I don't care who I am, what I do. I'm going to bless and not curse, and I'm going to love God at any any level that I can. Yes. And it's not about being in a ministry. It's not about it's just how close you can get to God for me. And everything else is a byproduct. Yeah. Having an open heart right. to hear right. and receive wherever he wants you right. to serve. Um, I got plunged into ministry really, I got accelerated rather quick. And, you know, you have those settling years, I believe, where you start learning and you go through those trials and stuff and those growth areas or those lack of growth areas, things that you never learn because you're elevated so fast. And so that's what I love about heritage is this is a growth mm. thing. You're learning in a new, I call it Christianese, really. <laughs> you know, yeah. This has its own fingerprint and the prosperity message, the, the favor of the Lord. I never learned that. I learned deliverance and inner healing. So it's been a, amazing learning this and, and just knowing that God is Everything I needed for the, the the favor and the healing that he gave me, the favor and you know just in everything he did for me, it wasn't just about money. So um, I just feel like we've grown so much being here and just the just the how solid the word is, and so mm -hmm. it's really really helped us as a couple to to walk in this. But you know it's rough the working the the. Um, recovery ministry because you have a lot of people asking or like we call it sticking straws in you sucking the life out of you sometimes it's just like you get a lot everybody of has a need every everyone day everyone has a need and everyone's need all is the time urgent. And so it was, it was good uh, i think that uh transitioning out and where i'm at now has been the best the best change in my in my life and in our in our marriage and our walk and, and stuff yeah. so that was 2014 so uh, i got divorced in 2014, and I also put out a fleece. So I knew that I was going to get divorced. It was just a matter of time. And so the girls at work said, you know, we see things happen in between you and Kevin. I'm like, no, there's nothing happening between me and Kevin. 
And so, oh, yeah, we see it, we see it. And I'm like, I don't think so. And they said, well, you just need to ask God. And it's like, okay, I'll ask God. So I put out a fleece. So, you know, Gideon put out two fleeces. I put out two fleeces. So the first fleece I put out was, <laughs> if the next time I see Kevin, he'll bring me flowers because I love flowers. Well, it just happened to be a holiday, and he brought Tommy with him. And so Tommy says, oh, I mean, we got to stop and get some flowers. I always bring flowers to the girls, we you know, on, on holidays. So he comes walking through the door with my son with flowers. I'm like, oh, that's too easy. No way. <laughs> too easy. <laughs> that is too easy. Tommy, Tommy did it. You know, he did it. So I told him, um, so I, I told God, I said, okay, if this is where I need to be, because I'm not, you know, oh, my God, I'm not doing this again, God. I just want you to know I'm not doing this again. This is it. So if this is where I'm supposed to be. This is the man that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. He'll give me a key. And nobody knew about it except me and God. So it was months, months later. And so like it was like months, around, yeah, like nine months. <laughs> Imagine that, nine months. Mm. So, um, so uh, he was moving off property for all, all the people where he's moving back to the parsonage, which is back in town. And um, divine appointment number three was that I was, he was supposed to come over to our house uh, or my house and hadn't seen each other in a few weeks. And uh, he was going to come over and we're going to have dinner or lunch on a Sunday, and um, the washer, the washer, the hose came out of the back of the washer. He thought the seal was broken, the washer. Oh, no, it's flooding my room. So he takes all of his clothes. He's, you know, I'm on the phone with him, and he says, it's flooding my room. I'm sorry, I got to go. I got to get all this water out, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm sorry I cannot be able to come. And I'm like, okay, be right there. <laughs> so he's 75 miles away. So I get in the car. I get over there. Kevin has taken every piece of clothing, and he had a lot of clothes. Kevin was a clothes hound. No, it wasn't. A they they donate a lot of clothes, so I have Kevin a lot had of clothes, clothes. like trash bags full. Now they're all wet. Oh, with no. his bedding, with everything, and it's like, okay, well, I got the water stopped. I'm like, well, cool. <laughs> what are you going to do with all these wet clothes? Yeah. <laughs> so we spent all day at the laundromat doing clothes. And so it was about 10 o'clock at night, and he says, okay, well, I know you got to work tomorrow. And I said, yeah, I do. I said, but where are you going? Where are you going to live? Oh, you don't know where I'm going to live? No, I don't know where you're going to live. So um, he, he says, well, it's just right down the street, and I'll show you. And I said, okay. So it's this house, and that's where he started, I think. Yeah, and a little bitty room is about the size of a closet. And uh, so he goes from this great big room about the size of this, well, bigger because it had a fireplace and... It was a, it was a, a lot, very large room that Kevin had in the house. We were recording a castle in case people are curious. <laughs> if you're Any wondering castle? how big our studio is, it's yeah, castle. it was like it was a it was for comparison. So anyway, I walk in. I go, okay, well, where's your room? He goes, oh, it's right here. He's got a twin bed. He has a tiny little refrigerator, one of those little tiny refrigerators. He has a little desk that has a <laughs> enough for his laptop and a few books and that's it hmm. kevin's got 19 27 11 bags of clothes and i said kevin space. where are you going to put all your clothes yes. 
what are you going to do with all these clothes? And he goes, he looks around the room and he says, well, he's got this little broken down dresser that was in the, had like three drawers in it. And I guess, well, I guess you could put shoes in there or something. And, and the, anyway. the empty drawer space with the broken drawer. Oh God, we'll that's where you're utilizing you know? that. I'm like, yes. okay, well, that's going to be <laughs> half a bag, maybe, you know. And then the, nothing was in that closet except that dresser and nothing. And he runs his hands across the top of this shelf. And he gets all the way across the top of this I shelf. I can put all my stuff up here. I can put stuff up here. I was like, okay, you know, you put stuff up there, folded clothes. And he brings his hand down, and he opens his hand, and he goes, here, this is for you. It was a key. It was a skeleton wow. key, and it was really antique. And I said, I don't know why. I just said, here, this is for you. And, wow. I, and she he started didn't know crying. it was up I there. Like, I didn't know it was up there. Nobody knew it was up there. That's amazing. And I thought she was crazy. I started. She I just turned started white. crying. What crying about a key? She was he crying. Hands she me. didn't tell me. She just started He hands crying. me this key. <laughs> and I, I know I turn white. I think I'm going to throw up. I'm like, and I start shaking, and I'm like, okay, God, this is you. You know, and I'm like. Kevin's like, she's allergic to keys. No, I, <laughs> I said that just proves that all women are crazy. I get crazy. tears That's in my what eyes. I like, he goes, there, she, there she goes. There's yeah, the crazy. There's you know, the here crazy. she goes. I was waiting. <laughs> so I got in the car, and he's taking me back to the car. I said, I don't think you know this, what happened just now. And he says, I, no, I don't. I said, God answered my fleece. What? You put out a fleece. He was so mad at me because the girls that in the ministry. That already happened to me once. So it was like. A, it was a soulish fleece. You know, this was not a soulish fleece. I mean, if God didn't answer my, my I was good. I was fixing to give God an out to say, okay, he's not the right one. Okay, he's going to do this now if it's not the right one. So just when I'm ready to give up, you know, God answers my fleece. And that's when he. That year is when he transitioned out of the ministry and went to work for Chicken Express, the best tea ever. Oh, they have, I was about to say they have the yeah. best tea. Mm -hmm. If yeah. I eat anything there, it's going through the drive-thru to get a tea. It's amazing. You guys are a power couple. The restoration that the Lord's done yes. in your life is just incredible. So where where are you now at Heritage and the ministry that you're doing and the fruitfulness of what you're seeing? What's going on there? Tell me more about this power couple and the ministry you're doing together because... God brought this together. Oh yeah, definitely. this is beautiful. Well, we we came we came to Heritage so that we could be fed. Yes, that's why we came. You know, we needed to be fed, and because we pour out, and so we needed to be fed. And um, we were looking for for a, a church, and we mm -hmm. had a friend, Brian. Uh, he's on the the it's a Kappa. Place department for Kappa program. I was okay. part of the Kappa program oh, okay. before we came here. So he's a he's like. He was the best man at my weddings, at our oh. wedding. So um, I said, Brian, I'm looking for a, a church because we just moved to Crowley. And he goes, I got this pastor this that needs help here. And I got this church that needs help. I'm like, no, we don't need a <laughs> church know. that needs fixing. We need to We need to be fed. We need to be fed. Mm -hmm. So he suggested, he came to Heritage of Faith with us that day and introduced us to, to uh, Pastor, pastor Justin. Yeah. yeah. So we just started coming. and That was in 2017, yeah. April. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we, we joined the church that fall, and we were sitting in this room over here and going through the—then the Connect class was—we oh. were sitting in there, and uh, there, were, there was a guy, his name was Art, and he stood up, and he was teaching that Holy night Spirit. on Holy Spirit. And he said, you know, I'm a Thrive Group leader, and, you know, we're looking for a home to—we were looking for a host home for our Thrive Group. And Kevin and I were sitting there, and I'm like— Oh no! I look at Kevin and he goes, "Yep, 
It is time. <laughs> and this has been, we've only been here like three or four months. Yeah, so we, I know that feeling. It is time. Yes. It is time. <laughs> three or four months. And so we Whoa. said, okay, well, we'll, yeah. we'll host your home. We know how to cook. You're thrive. We know how to do dishes. And that's and how that started. We started moving towards the welcome team. And and then that happened. Then that kind of morphed into, we're going to do Restore. And it was like, well, you know, we've been, Kevin and I have been praying about, you know, the having a, a, a restoration ministry for heritage and for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we know what that would look like, but we never approached anybody. We never, we just prayed and asked God, you know, whatever happens, happens. And here it is. So we have the Restore and we have, we're a Thrive Group leaders. We love doing the Thrive Groups. It's absolutely just very We really love rewarding. our it's Thrive Group. It's like a family within a family. Yes. So it's been nice. And Restore has been the newest, the baddest, the best thing about, I believe, uh, Heritage right now. I think that's mm-hmm. going to bring a ton of healing to a lot of people who have been mm-hmm. sitting Amen. in the pew and have been hurt. Yes. So it gives them an avenue to really uh, deal with stuff in a safe environment. I mean, where it's confidential, Amen. you know, what goes on there stays there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it's not a twelve-step program. It's a, it's a, a Holy Spirit program where yes. you know the Holy Spirit's invited, and we just follow Him when we're doing the the um, the services. So it's been it's been great. Absolutely love it. So, you guys are amazing. I love the, your guys' story. I just, I, I've heard it. Personally and, and from different sides, but I just again I, I I think it's amazing. However, there is something we do in every podcast. There is a question that we ask. Maybe you've heard it, but our motto here at Heritage of Faith, you might know you've been here a minute, um, is making winners in life. And we just really want to know what does that mean to you? What is that as leaders, as thriving group leaders, as as people who are in the amazing positions you're in with the hearts you have, what does making a winner in life mean to you? It's loving people back to life, loving people where they're at, and just showing them the love of Christ. There's so much stuff out there. There's so much stuff. People are so unhappy and wrapped up in so many things that they think is going to give them joy. And it's it's like I always say, yeah, you're just you know chasing that, try to fill that God-shaped hole in your heart. And really what that is, it's a God-shaped hole in their heart and helping them understand that it's... Once you fill that up with God, everything comes together. Mm-hmm. And that's what's winning for me. For me, it's taking back ground the enemy's stolen. I mean, because we all believe lies from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And it kind of derails our destiny with them for a while. And it's a distraction from walking free in the Lord. So I measure my whole walk as how, on how free I am in the Lord. If I'm not free in, in the Lord, I'm having all these issues and something's got me bound. And so I always look to... One, I need to get right with God again, but also for people just to be have have that sense of freedom in the Lord. I think there's a lot of bound people going to church that don't even understand what that is. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's what we like to do is bring freedom and truth. So that's where I'm at. You know, serving God is not uh, is not uh, you know a, a humdrum thing. You know, it's it's fun. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> Kevin and Penny, easily two of my favorite parts of Heritage of Faith. Um, so cool. I love you guys so much. And thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here and taking the time. Your story is amazing. Um, for those of you listening, we are going to put 
links in the show notes to um, just their Thrive Group. So you guys, if, you, if, if you're hearing this and you, and you feel like you need to connect with them on a Thrive Group level, we want to give you that information. We're going to put the, the contact for the Restore meetings that we do here every Friday night here at Heritage of Faith. Um, there are amazing opportunities for people that need just freedom. Amen. Just freedom. Not any addiction, but just freedom. Um, so we highly suggest that. And also, they're so gracious, but we're going to put their personal contact for both Camp, Kevin and Penny on this. So if there's just something tugging at your heart right now that you just feel the Holy Spirit saying that these are someone that we need to get in contact with, we want to give you that opportunity because we just think it's amazingly important and vital that you just have that opportunity. Because I know, speaking from someone who has a personal testimony of their healing, I've gone through it and it's amazing. Like I, I, I am a different person today because of the time we spent together. And so I just want to say thank you so much. We love you guys so much. And just thank you for being here. Thank love you. Love you guys. God bless you guys.